You are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good evening, good night. I don't know what time of day it is when you're listening to this, but it's afternoon that I'm recording this, so good afternoon. Here we are again. We're meeting here on a Wednesday. And this week, I have a really awesome, brave, relatable mom for you to hear about. Maylee and I, uh, I reached out to her online and we connected and set up an interview. And we recorded a really long interview. I forget how long it came out to be, maybe an hour and a half or even more than that. And it's all relevant material. It's also good. Maylee is just like here to tell you what it was like being an alcoholic and a mom of a young child. And I think that the these stories really need to be heard and I need you to hear and want you to hear the whole thing. So we're going to do something we haven't done before is we're going to split this up into two parts. We're going to be here this week listening to the first half and the next week we're going to just roll that into part two because I know that because I know it's long. I acknowledge it's long. Y'all, it's long. I get it. <laughs> so let's just roll with it. And, you know, I think it'll split up into pretty much like halfway through, you know, her story as where we will make the cut and go into next week. So that's the explanation for this week's episode. I just want to send love to, uh, there's been a couple of you that have reviewed and rated the show. Like seriously, a couple. <laughs> Y'all are awesome. Who else is going to do it by the time I record another intro? I hope I can say that there was more. LaJoySociety.com. Merch. Hit that up. Get a cute hat or a shirt or a sticker. I'm going to make a new sticker that's going to be exciting. I haven't done it yet, so I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is, but there's going to be a cute new sticker. I have an idea for it. Maybe I'll work on it today. And then when I for sure have released it, I'll make sure you know about it. I want to thank Julie for last week. Uh, I hope that you found that it's like inspiring. If you are sitting in a spot where you know you're not following your heart's desire and you're in a discontent and it might take you more than two days to figure it out but that was I loved that part of her story that she said two days into her high-rise New York attorney job she knew it wasn't meant to be okay I'm gonna stop chatting and send it over to me and Maylee talking hi I'm here with Maylee hi Maylee hello we um have a lovely I forgot to ask you um Saharan desert morning oh yes are you seeing it at your house I did yesterday. I've only gone outside very briefly today to get my other headphones. But um, yeah, yesterday it was hazy and it was strange. Yeah, it's very, I can hear the wind and I can see just like brown out here. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome and thank you for joining us today. And I'm so excited to hear. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yay. So um, I'm not sure um, if you know that we start off with, I think we went over this, but we start off with the, like, this can't be my life moment, you know, this moment. And sometimes it's a series of moments. It's a moment in time, if you will. Sometimes it's major. Sometimes it's minor. Sometimes it's forced upon you. And I say that in forced upon you, you know, 
So would you like to start us off with your your moment that things kind of changed for you? Sure. Um, I can tell you the date, February. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a significant moment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's lots of little moments Mm -hmm. leading up to this one. And then there's been lots of little moments after that with a complete, you know, I would say 180 of this can't be my life in a joyous way, but mine Mm -hmm. wasn't um, real joyous on February 28th, 2018, Mm -hmm. when I woke up or came to laying in a single bed in a tiny little room in a detox center um, at a rehab facility in Abilene, Texas. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely my, this can't be my life moment. Um, I think I said, what the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To myself, Um, knowing full well what I was doing there, but it was just, you know, that was the, the start of a very honest, um, conversation with myself mm-hmm. that I never had before. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe not what the fuck am I doing here, but how did I get here right. as well? Yeah. How did I get here? Mm-hmm. Like this I probably, let me guess, didn't recognize yourself. Like, like, Oh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. It was just like, this can't be my reality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it was. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what got you to February 28th, 2018? Let's go back. Let's rewind. Well, um, Alcohol and in, in prescription drugs, Xanax to be specific, that's the um, broad strokes of it. But I, um, you know, just to start from the beginning, normal life in, in Abilene, Texas and growing up kind of, you know, I think it's, you'll like see it in music videos or hear kind of jokes about growing up in like the smaller towns or kids are drinking out on the land and um, back of a truck know, around a, yeah back of a truck you got a bonfire somebody's yes. picking a guitar like totally that's how it was um and it was all fun then you know and you know the the drinking was just always a part of my life that's that's what my family and friends did and it was just so normal um but I can I can say from nearly the very beginning, I didn't ever drink like a normal person. I mean, it was just like, once I started, it was balls to the wall, like, you know, first drink, I couldn't stop. Um, but it didn't happen, you know, very often, Uh, but I guess a lot of people call it binge drinking. Um, you know, it didn't happen a whole lot through my teens and, and into early years. I, um, you know, into college and no, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for it. And I couldn't even access it all that much. But I would say around the time that I turned 21, I went through a, um, a difficult breakup and I found myself living in San Angelo where you mm-hmm. are on, mm-hmm. on my own. I had a, a little apartment and it was just me and my dog. And I was, I was just in a very confused, very lonely point in my life where I really didn't know you know, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't know what I wanted to be doing. I didn't know. I didn't, you know, it, it, looking back, I'm 35 now. So like looking back at 21, I'm just like, gosh, what a baby. Like I was a baby then, you know, it was, I've, I've lived so much life in the last three years. And then I've lived so much li- life in the last, you know, the 14 years between 21 and 35. So it's just like, of course I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I was supposed to be. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Who does at who that does? point? Yeah, no, you know? yeah. So I just found, you know, something that was so comforting 
to me and that filled my time and, you know, was drinking. And I would say that that's really where my problem drinking started was, was in that time um, in my life. But, you know, before that I grew up in a family where, you know, people drank a lot. People used recreational drugs a lot. I didn't know still to this day, you know, I don't have a lot of family members who are 100% sober like I am at this point. I know I've, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and you speak about being sober adjacent. And I think that I I love that, Um, (laughs) that it's like, you know, I don't like, you don't do that a lot, but it is still something that you, you know, allow occasionally. But for me, it's, um, I don't do it at all. I don't drink and I don't use drugs any longer since that date, February 28th, 2018. Um, I just can't. So, you know, I, problem drinking started around 21 and then, um, do you remember when did you like first have a drink? 13, 15, 16? Oh, way younger than that. I mean, it was family was, was always drinking and it was sneak a drink here, sneak a drink there. Um, I remember the very first time that I got drunk was at a friend's birthday and very responsible parents gave us girls a handle of some cheap vodka and we're like, have fun girls. And I was like, we're just like, okay. And we were and probably I, like 14. Yeah, probably 14. Mm-hmm. High school. Yeah. Um, yeah. Either eighth grade or ninth grade. So either end of middle school or beginning of high school. But before, you know, before then I had definitely tasted alcohol and had a wine Except, cooler. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like nothing too serious, but it was never a big deal. I mean, it wasn't my parents were doing it. Whoever they were hanging out with was doing it. It was just kind of like, you know, it was always there. It's just something that's always in front of you. How can that be wrong when everybody's, you know, around you? That's all you see. Um, so, yeah, that very first time I drank, I got blackout, throw up in the bed drunk. And, like, you you would think that's a sign of, like, this is a terrible thing for me. But, of course, like a good alcoholic, it was not. It was not, I was right. Like, I was like, this is, didn't you know, stop, I didn't think yeah. that was normal, but I was like that. Oh, that's not how it always is. You know, I You're just a newbie. You'll yeah, I just that. did it. Right. I did it wrong. <laughs> you didn't drink enough water, eat enough yeah, crackers. I didn't eat enough. Yeah, yes. I just did it wrong. You were just yeah. a novice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I spent a long time, time trying to perfect it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I never got it. <laughs> or I got too good at it. I don't know. Yeah, right. What it depends. <laughs> yeah. So when you were like, you know, 21 and alone in your apartment, like, was that how your drinking manifested alone? Or would, would you also like go out and have, you know, time with girlfriends and like, yeah, uh, it yeah. was, it was both. Like I, I made a bunch of friends, um, there and we were, you know, at that point I was 21, so we could go out to bars and we, we spent a lot of time going out and partying and, and I had a lot of fun times while I was there, but then I also had a lot of just real low Dark points times. where, Yeah. You know, I, I, it was just a, a hard, a hard time and a hard period in my life. And I spent, um, you know, just time being alone and, and drinking. And I think that's really when it, it went from gray area to this is a problem. problem. Mm-hmm. And did anybody know, like, did you, like, let's say you had, you know, a core group of friends, like, did they know that you were like at home, maybe on a Thursday night, like, I don't know, watching 
And I'm trying to think of what I was watching. Nip, yeah. Nip. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what I was trying to think of too. I'm like, well, what would have been, you know, what was I watching like, back then? Like, yeah, nip, yeah. like maybe. And some uh, were you like drinking wine or were you like I don't, making, I mean, at 21, probably not yeah, wine. Drinking, I don't think anybody, you know, are you wine or like making. No, I was drinking wine then. Uh, um, I, I didn't. I didn't really. It was yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I did drink a lot of wine. Um, you know, I think at that point, none of us took it that seriously. Like they probably all drank. Exactly. Like we were all doing it. So while for then maybe it was a, a stage or, you know, a year or two of their lives for me, it continued past that. So I don't think at that point it was that it looked that crazy because it was pretty, you know, pretty average for who we were and, and the age that we were and what we were doing. Right. So then how did it progress? How did it go from, you know, 21, like kind of, so while I was living there, my husband and I um, started talking and dating again. And he, or not again, we hadn't dated before, but we knew each other growing up. We knew each other from high school. We were from the same hometown. Um, but we got back acquainted. And so we dated long distance for about a year. And then he graduated college and we um, separately packed up our stuff and moved together to Fort Worth to the DFW area. And, um, say it. How old were you again? I was 22 or 23 at that point. So I only lived in San Angelo by myself for a year and a half. And then, um, so I think I was 23 when we moved together. And so we moved, we got a little, rented a little house in Fort Worth in the ghetto. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, that was a really happy time. We were so, you know, so excited to, we had done the long distance thing for like a year. And so to be together and he was fresh out of college. So he's looking for a big boy job. And, um, you know, that was a really fun couple of years that we lived there. And the drinking was, you know, I didn't drink every day, but it was, you know, we were still partying a lot. And so, but it was always the same. Like if I started, I wasn't stopping until I was passed out. And, um, you know, while he didn't have the same, you know, he wasn't as, as bad as I was like, we both, I mean, we were still young and we didn't have kids yet. And we were, you know, that's kind of what everybody was doing at that time. So it's still at that point, it wasn't so obvious to everyone else that this is a problem. And it wasn't even very obvious to me at that point that it was a problem. What I did know was that I, you know, got blackout drunk almost every time that I drank and that I had just horrible, debilitating anxiety following that. Now to like within the last year, I've heard the term hangxiety, like hangover oh, anxiety. I'm writing that and down. that is so accurate. People um, talk about that a lot and, you know, kind of recognizing that as that's a, um, like that's something to look, you know, if you are thinking that you are a problem drinker, which number one, if you think you have a problem with alcohol, you probably have a problem with alcohol. Number two, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, it's so obvious once you that make the connection. Age old <laughs> adage. Yes. 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 Um, but then another one is like the anxiety, like where you'd wake up in the middle of the night and you're just, just completely anxious. Like, what did I do? What happened? I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to drink that much. And then just like this anxiety that carried over for days after that. And so, that was starting to become a really big issue for me was the anxiety. Um, I used to, me and my friend used to call it the moral hangover. 
moral hangover. That's good. Yeah, but I like that's exactly what it is. You know, because there's the physical hangover, mm-hmm. but it's more of like you know, like spiritual, emotional. We just call it the moral hangover. Uh, that's yeah. a great, yeah, yeah. totally accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the the anxiety was becoming a problem for me just in my day to day life because you know it it was something that you know it it kind of there's this cycle that I was in and that I know has happened to lots of other happens to lots of other alcoholics is that you drink to ease this anxiety, but then the anxiety comes from the alcohol. So you're just constantly trying to find relief from something. You're, you're trying to find relief from your anxiety by drinking. And then because you drank, now you have all this anxiety that you need to find relief from. And you're just, you know, you just get in this circle and it never stops. Right. Shark or snakey sharking its snakey snake eating its tail. Yes, yeah, yeah. And exactly. In other episodes, we've talked about like the um, the alcohol you're trying to use as a tool to solve something, and it's just making it worse. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, you're never. You know, it just never fixes anything. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps perpetuating it. All right, so. Now we're in Dallas, Fort Worth. You know, like Uh we're we're uh, in our twenties. We're yeah. dating. Yeah, in our 20s, we're having right, dating, having fun. Yeah. Um, kind of figuring out what we're, you know, st- starting to make plans for the future. And so we get engaged, and we got married in September of 2010. So we're about to celebrate our 10th anniversary, which is crazy. I'm like. This is like real time now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. We're getting like some real time under our belts. Ten years, holy yes, crap. ten years, a whole decade. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I have to ask, what day? <laughs> what day uh, would you get? September twenty fifth. Ah, because my daughter was born September sixteenth, two thousand ten. Uh-huh. So I was like, I gotta know what day. <laughs> yeah, September twenty fifth. So we get we got married. Um, had a big wedding in Abilene, and it was just a huge party. Everybody's drinking, you know, just the normal stuff. <laughs> So that was um, probably within that year is when things started, is when where my drinking began to affect our relationship. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being that I, you know, I wanted to drink more regularly during the week and on the weekends. And um, what were you doing for work at this point? I, um, at that, when we got married, I was working in a bank and I got laid off from there a few months after our wedding. And it was, um, I can't remember what was going on at that time, but there was like, I think this bank was merging with some other banks. And so I just ended up losing my job out of it. And so that was, that's never good. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, that, that didn't really have a, you know, the, the problems were already there at that point. And then I, um, went back to school for a little bit, took some classes. School has just never been for me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, some people don't, I don't know. I just, I just didn't enjoy it. It wasn't something that I wanted to spend my time doing. Maybe now I could be more, you know, like, mm-hmm. I've thought that too, but I was terrible when I, yeah, same. I was a terrible it student. It wasn't important to me. Mm-hmm. So I was working um, for a, it was kind of a retail store that sold hair styling tools and hair styling products. And so I 
um, I really enjoyed that. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I'd always had a kind of a retail background. So it was working holidays, working on the weekends, kind of a crazy schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that for quite a few years and then worked, um, with another company that was just in the salon industry. So I did that for a while until we moved to Abilene. But, um, at that point, that's after I, I didn't work at the bank any longer. That's what I was doing then. And that wasn't really, I mean, I guess to be brutally honest, which is what I have to do. The drinking definitely was affecting work too, because when you drink a lot and you get blackout drunk, when you wake up in the morning, you feel like shit. And, you know, there were days where I would have to call and say, call in and say, I'm going to be a little bit late or, you know, I'm not coming in today. I'm sick. And that, that anxiety and that moral hangover was, you know, I just, I knew it was wrong. And I knew the, like, it's so crazy because looking back on it, it's like, I know the action that I'm taking that is giving me this result, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't realize, like, you have to take that action out of your life. Like, Yeah, I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Uh I just couldn't come to that conclusion at that point. At that point in my life, I could not make the connection that that is the problem. Yep. Yep. Um, And then it kind of, you know, it started affecting, it was affecting jobs. It was affecting, I knew it was affecting my, my motivation. I mean, just feeling like physically feeling like shit, mentally feeling like shit because I was so anxious all the time. I mean, we're talking panic attacks while I'm driving and I started taking, um, Xanax at that point. Well, I had taken it off and on for a little while, but I pretty regularly then. So it was like drink at night, wake up feeling like dog shit, take Xanax to get through the day to ease my anxiety and then drink again. So we're just, here we are again in that cycle where it's just, you know, I keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. results. Just, yeah, that just wasn't happening. And, um, you know, my, we had had a lot of fights. We had had a lot, a lot of conversations, my husband and I, about my drinking. And, you know, I would be like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'll, you know, I'll quit. I'll take a break. I'll only drink. You know, we're trying to manage it. Yeah. I'm only going to drink on the weekends. I'm only going to drink on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm all, I'll only have this many, like, you know, and he was, was, and is always so supportive because thankfully he, you know, his background, he, he has a lot of insight to addiction and, um, you know, with how the people that he grew up with. And so he's, he's understanding and he could separate thank, you from what was going on. Exactly, exactly. And thank God, because I couldn't have gotten sober without his support. And I see, you know, women now and people now who it just did in the things that I'm involved in. And I'm just like, God, I don't know how y'all do it without a supportive spouse. Like, and, and, and it can be done, but I just am so thankful that, that he was and is as supportive as he is and understanding that that is not me, that that is a disease that I have. There was an incident at a friend's wedding where I just 
got shit faced and definitely embarrassed myself and embarrassed him. And, um, after that, he was just like, something has to be done. And so I, um, you know, my, this is so funny and I, I, oh, it's so cringy to look back. Like he had called my mom and had my cousins come to my house and they did this intervention. And I'm just like, are y'all fucking kidding me? Like, this is <laughs> ugh, so terrible. And it's like, that is so humiliating because it's like, you know, there's a problem, but with a disease like alcoholism and addiction, it's just like, you just can't admit it. And you just can't, I, I mean, until you're, and everybody says that, like, until somebody's ready to stop, they're not going to stop. And at that point I was not. And so they come and, and every, they do this whole deal and this intervention and how I've, you know, I've got a problem and I'm just like, whatever. So we, I get in the car with them and I come to Abilene and I, I don't know the date of this exactly, but come to Abilene and they call this treatment center, which is funny because it's the place I ended up going many years ah. later. <laughs> um, they call and, isn't that funny? Um, little foreshadowing. So they they make it this appointment and I go and I take a tour of this place and do this interview with the lady who runs it. And she's just like, you know, it sounds like you have a problem, but you were not. It's so hard to, to say because when you have a drinking problem or a drug problem, like you, you spend so much time hiding it that nobody really knows how bad it is. Like even yourself, like you convince yourself that it's not that bad. So Somehow I talked my way out of it. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not staying here. I can't leave my job. I've got too much, you know, other stuff going on. I'll, I'll manage it a different way. So I go home and I, I got into some counseling and like a group therapy thing. And I did that for a while and it was not helpful. Um, but only not because they weren't helpful, just because I wasn't ready to, Mm -hmm. to do that. I wasn't ready to make the change myself. So that lasted a couple of months. That appeased my husband. That appeased my mom. And those were the people that I needed to get off my back at that point. And um, so, you know, things just just kind of go on. The, the, the drinking is a problem. It's still there. We decide in, I want to say 2014 is when we decide to move back to Abilene. And so my husband got the opportunity to transfer with his company to take a position in Abilene. And he, I remember this so vividly because it's such, it's so funny. I was driving down um, I-35, driving back to Benbrook, which is like South Fort Worth from South Lake where I was working. And it was just a terrible drive. There's construction, the traffic is awful, takes me, you know, an hour and a half to get there, an hour and a half to get home every day. And, um, so he had, I guess the night before was on the computer and he saw the job opening and he was like, there's an opening in Abilene. Do you want to go? And I was like, hell no, I don't want to move back to Abilene. (laughs) That is crazy. Why would we move back there? And then, so the next day I'm like sitting in traffic and it's, we're like pushing hour two and it's hot. And I was just like, this sucks. Why am I and hanging I on to him. this? Yeah. <laughs> I called him and I was like, let's go. Like, I cannot do this anymore. And he was like, okay. So we just like decided that day. And it was, it was so cool because we really, you know, it was just me and him and we didn't have, you know, a whole lot that we would have to 
manage figure to out to figure just out. Mm-hmm. exactly to just up and move so yeah. it wasn't like what school like, system are we going to land in exactly exactly <laughs> yes. we're like you know we're actually um you know our lease is coming up and the townhouse that we lived in and you know it was just one of those things like the timing just worked out it was easy it was easy to make that decision because everything was kind of falling into place and it's you know it was totally meant to be so we just you know call the management company, start talk to our bosses and we're like, we're moving and, you know, tell our families and our moms are so excited. They're like, Oh, thank gosh, you're like coming back to Abilene. And anyway, so we, it was probably like six weeks from the day we decided <laughs> to move until we made the move back here. So we did that, um, in May of 2014, I guess is when we moved back to Abilene and I had to leave the job I was at because they, you know, that wasn't an option here. Transfer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was an option for me, but he transferred. So that was good. And so we moved back here and um, just kind of got into the swing of things here. Normal life, as normal as it can be with, you know, somebody who gets blackout drunk five days a week. Um, But that, I mean, that was just how I lived and how he lived. Like it wasn't. And it was so hidden. I mean, only he ever knew how bad anything was. But we didn't get in fights every night. I'm not a violent drunk. Like, it's just, I kind of would just check out mentally and just not be available for a few hours at the end of the night. Um, So we bought a house and then moved in in November of 2015, I guess, and then decided that following summer, we were ready to get pregnant. And here we are. So get pregnant the summer of 2016. And so then this is kind of where things start to change for me. When I, I very quickly, we very quickly got pregnant, which was like really exciting because, you know, some people struggle with that. And, um, thankfully we didn't, we got pregnant very quickly. And so within, um, very, very, very quickly, I gave up the alcohol and the pills and I smoked cigarettes in and I quit smoking. So these these things that, yeah, it was all, and it, it was easy to stop. And that was so weird. Um, and he and I had talked about many times had the conversation about God, you know, we, we know we want to do this. We want to have, have a family and, and I, we wonder how difficult this is going to be. Right. And in, in the relation of like, how difficult is this going to be for you physically? Because we both understand that you are dependent on alcohol and. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's so crazy to think that we would have that conversation because people just don't talk about it outside of, you know, behind the closed doors. Like you're not, hanging out with your, I don't know, I guess it wasn't for me. Like I wasn't just hanging out with my friends and regular mommies and being like, man, I'm a problem drinker. I wonder how hard it's going to be for me to quit chugging two bottles of wine and then, uh, taking a a bottle of Xanax every day. Like, you know, you just, you just don't acknowledge those things. Um, I, I didn't. And I, and I feel very confidently that most normal regular people don't. You know, it, it's so 
scrutinized and it's so taboo that it's just mm-hmm. like you just don't even just don't even talk about it. That doesn't really happen. Just don't even talk about it. So anyway, but thankfully, I um, it was really easy to stop, and so I I realize this now. What I didn't understand was those. I'm going to say eight months because you know you for the most part, I didn't realize, I didn't know I was pregnant the first few months. For eight months, I was in recovery and I yeah. didn't know it. Yep. And I mm-hmm. felt amazing mm-hmm. and life was so good and we were getting along so well and I was so happy. And, you know, to think about it now, uh, yeah, a lot of women don't feel great when they're pregnant and understandably so. That's some huge stuff that's happening in your body. And I wasn't having that. I mean, I had my days where I had morning sickness and I had my days where I was just like, oh my God, get this giant thing out of me. But for the most part, my mental health had never, I know for a fact, my mental health at that point had never been better. Um, Definitely not since I was, you know, 21, we'll say. I said this in one episode that I I was pregnant four times. Yeah, I was pregnant four times and I was like, I was a wonderful, glowing, that typical pregnant woman that just loves it all. And I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, was it because I was sober for eight, nine months? It's so funny that you say that. So the other morning I was running on the treadmill at the gym and I was listening to um, one of the more recent episodes and I can't think of, I'm sorry, I don't remember the woman that was being interviewed, but you said that. You um, you said, is this pre- you like referencing how well you felt and you said is this pregnancy or is this sobriety and I acted like I'm running on the treadmill and I we're like, like yeah. Yeah. and I was like people are looking at me and I'm like don't mind me I'm just yeah, running on the treadmill me. listening to my podcast just pregnancy like sobriety <laughs> Yay. like it was it was just like you know my brain exploded because like I, I can relate to that that happened you know and, and it was just like oh the realization that it's you know it's not the pregnancy. Yes, we're happy. <laughs> yes, we're happy. But yes. we're not also not poisoning ourselves every day. So that is why you feel good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Actually, I did that twice during that episode. So I'll, um, <laughs> at another point, she, your uh, guest referenced a Start Today journal. And I uh, then I clapped again. And I was yeah. like, yes! <laughs> so I'm like getting my phone out, trying not to fall off the treadmill well, while I'm that. listening and like taking notes. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm that person at the gym who's like yes. laughing and cracking up to what I'm listening to. Yep, Whatever. It's same. Cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had these glorious, you know, eight months of pregnancy where I wasn't drinking. I wasn't using drugs. I wasn't smoking cigarettes. And I didn't have all the bullshit that came along with that. And I felt great. Um, and, you know, Lance and I even discussed during the pregnancy, you know, he was just like, I'm. I'm hopeful, but I'm worried about, you know, after, you know, after you deliver, you know, about going back, things going back to how they were. And I told him very honestly, I am too, um, you know, but we'll just have to, to cross that bridge when we get there, you know, and I, I don't think about it as often now as I did in the beginning, but it's just like, God, why couldn't I have had that realization then of, you're sober and that's why you feel good. You're sober and that's why you're happy. But that's not the way it worked out. That wasn't how my life was supposed to go. I had to go way further down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you weren't there yet. <laughs> I wasn't there, you know. So baby was born um, March 9th of 2017. 
had a baby girl named Lillian and she's perfect. Everybody's healthy. Um, labor's a bitch. <laughs> you know, I yep. don't re- zero stars. I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> zero but, stars. I love it. <laughs> you know, it, the, it's a means to an end and you got to do it. So yep. Yep. you got to do that thing. So, um, we get home and the first, you know, the first couple of months were really good and it's, um, you know, it, but my husband's an amazing dad and he was so helpful. And, um, I did have some pretty serious birth injuries, um, that were just ex- excruciatingly painful. And, um, you know, I know this, this happens to a lot of women and, um, but I was doing my best to, to just work it all out. And I went back to work very early and, you know, looking back now, I, sh- I feel like I, sh- I had the opportunity and I should have taken the opportunity to stay home a little bit longer, but I just, I don't know. I just felt for, for most of my life, my, a lot of my worth has been tied up in working and my mom is definitely a workaholic and very successful, but I found, have always found a lot of my worth in my jobs. Let me guess. And there's a lot of like pride in, I'm going to get back at this quickly. Exactly. Exactly. And this ain't going to slow me down. Mm-mm. Like I can do everything. Yep. I can yep. do it all. Yep. I can um, do it all. And I can. Yeah. But I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. But we don't have to, ladies. Exactly. And I know that now, like, I don't have to do this. It's not your worth of that you can no. do it all. Yeah. So I um, I work in a very small office where there's not a lot of people around. So I actually got to take Lillian to work with me the first few months. And so I went back to work when she was four weeks old and I just strapped her on in my little thing. I can't think of what it's called right now. Bjorn. Um, Bjorn. Similar to that. Ergo I got a baby. Tula. Yeah. I had a Tula later on, but the first one I had, I can't think of what it was called. So I just strapped her on and, and we go to work and, um, it's, you know, a newborn is really easy to take to work with you. They are. They <laughs> are actually. No, and see, that's the false, like, um, setup. Because for those first few months, yeah, like, you're like, oh, we can travel like nobody's business. What are all these people talking about? Kids are going to slow you down. Look how easy. I put the baby in the bucket. We strap it in the car and we go. Or you go to work. Yeah. Those first few months are, like, deceptive. Yeah. And then they start moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, it was an amazing time because we really... I, I got to do what I felt like I needed to do. I got to go back to work and I also got to spend so much time with Lillian and, and we were breastfeeding. And so it was just so convenient for a while. Um, and then she, as she was getting bigger, they just require more attention and mm-hmm. you just can't. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, mama, I know you're right there. Like get off the computer, come and play with me. And she was a huge distraction <laughs> after that. So I, um, I found a kind of like a mother's day out program where she could go a few days a week and that made the transition easier, but it was amazing to be able to have her, um, at work with me for a few months. I mean, she was, yeah, I want to say, I mean, we did it for a while, probably five months. I mean, it's quite a long time. Um, and so, a few months after she was born, I kind of started dabbling again 
in the alcohol. And, um, you know, it just, it does just happen that way. Like you go to dinner and you have a glass of wine and then you, um, you start hanging out with your friends again and we go out and we start drinking the mommy but, wine culture or mom, you know, for me, yes, yes. You know, and it's like, Oh, mommy's night out and all this other bullshit for me. It just, I just don't drink like a normal person. Um, and so it escalated and I was in, um, I was in such bad shape before I, I realized it. Yeah. It was quick. Yeah. And so I, I, um, I learned in treatment and I've learned from AA, which I haven't talked about that yet, but I, AA saved my life and I am just a huge proponent for Alcoholics Anonymous and it's, it's amazing. Um, what I didn't know then and that I, you know, so many things I didn't know then, but I know now, um, is that when you stop drinking and using for a significant period of time, when you start back, it is worse and it just comes on like a train and it did for me. I, you know, at this point I was, I was worse off than I ever was. I was drinking, I was back on the pills I never started smoking cigarettes again. Thank God. <laughs> I have standards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know, I was blackout drunk with a, with a baby, with an infant. And that is, I feel like there's going to be people who listen to this and go, Oh, Oh my God. You know, like, Oh, and it is that shocking. And it is that repulsive and it is that scary. And there are other women, hopefully who are going to go, Oh shit. That's me. No, I, yeah, I think so. I know so. You know, like, like you've, you said before, it's more common. Or I think I might have saw it in a post online that you said is it's more common than people think. It is. It's so much, you know, this is really happening behind closed doors. And um, I just, you know, part of uh, the number one reason that I, I want to do this and have this conversation with you is that I just cannot live with myself knowing that there are other women out there who are going through what I have been through. I cannot let them do that without, without being able to say, without saying there is a way out of this, whether you wanted to, to do it or not, there are, there's hope and there are options. And if you want to give it a shot, call me. And if you want to keep on going, how you're going, that's okay too. Do your thing. But if you're unhappy and you want to change, I know a way out. Yeah. So I, you know, I have nights of waking up in the middle of the night and not knowing where I put my baby to bed. Is she in bed with me? Is she in her crib? Um, that's horrifying. And it's the truth. I, um, it just, it was so far out of control before I could even before I could even realize it. Um, and I, this is where I get upset because it's, it is upsetting. It's so sad and it's so horrible to, you know, to look back at pictures and to try to think back and, and realize like I was so gone. I just, my body was there. I was going through the motions and that was it, you know, and I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I got, like I had that connection with my daughter that 
that I was supposed to have. And I've just felt so everything about me just, just felt empty, but you know, and it was, I was just surviving at this point. I was, you know, waking up in the morning going, Oh, I, you know, kind of disappointed. I woke up that day because I just, everything was, was empty. And, and, you know, my husband knew that there were problems, but I was trying so hard to just survive and to just make it and to just keep things looking normal that even he didn't know how bad it was. Um, you know, I was, I was definitely, he knew I was drinking, but I was hiding so much of it. I was, you know, buying liquor and hiding it and having that, um, and, you know, taking a lot more prescription, you know, Xanax than he had any idea. And, you know, it was just everything just on the outside was fake at this point and everything underneath just barely hanging on. And there weren't, you know, any, I didn't, we talk about it in AA, the yets. I hadn't, um, gotten a DWI yet. I hadn't gone to jail yet. I hadn't had CPS, you know, calling me yet. I hadn't gotten a divorce yet. I hadn't lost my job yet. Like, but all of those things were coming and they will happen if somebody like me doesn't find some, some solutions and doesn't get some help. So we talked about this and I think it was with Wendy and I think that's the episode you and I were talking about a second ago with Wendy said that it was like, I thought it wasn't a problem because I hadn't like, same thing. I hadn't been arrested. I had like, like, so we need to lower the bar everyone. <laughs> like let's like not wait till catastrophe, you know, <laughs> like that's why another reason why I want to have these conversations of like, let's not like we keep, we all keep saying that like, it's not that bad yet. Yeah. It's like a little self-awareness goes such a long way. And it's so, you know, I think that that's kind of a barrier. And it's like, once you break through that self-awareness barrier, it's like, you can't go back. Like you're seeing everything, but it's, you just got to be, you know, it's so much about being honest with myself. Before the yets. <laughs> or, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Before the yets. Um, you know, and they can be little yets. They can be like, well, I haven't gotten blackout drunk before yet. Okay. Well, that's not something to strive for. Like that is when you should know this is not normal. This is not okay. This is unhealthy. Like if my, my brain is literally turning itself off, you know, and I cannot remember portions of my day and evening, this is not normal. This is not normal drinking. This is not okay. But you know, there's so much with it. Just people don't talk about it. You know, I want to be part of that conversation that removes the stigma of having the conversation. Here we are. Here we are. Yes. Here we are. Yes. Yes. In real life, when Maylee and I recorded this episode, she lost internet connection and dropped off the call. It turns out to be a natural spot to cut this episode in half. As you heard me mention in the intro, it's a long episode and we're going to present it in two episodes. So this is where we're going to end it for this week. Come back next week and hear the end. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the things that made no sense have felt so wrong and out of place now seem to fit.
Played, and no one knows how well. 